You're listening to Creative Paths with Contact, the podcast where we step off the beaten track to explore the ups and downs of being a creative. We're your hosts, Sam Cole and Laura Trova, and throughout this journey, people that inspire us will be letting us into their worlds to share their unique stories and experiences. Hello and welcome to episode three of Creative Paths. Today we're joined by Talal Hazami, the founder and designer of the London-based brand Pacifism. Found in 2018, Pacifism's already got two impressive collections under its belt. Most recently, Autumn Winter 20, that was first presented at London Fashion Week in January of last year. Pacifism presents a blend of streetwear and modern tailoring, from mixed cold cargos to Japanese-inspired velour tracksuits. Using its design and creativity to tell stories, each piece explores Talao's experiences and inspirations, and all pieces are made here in England. So, thank you for joining me. Appreciate your time, of course. Of course, happy to be here. Yeah, so basically I was actually looking back through the archives of when I was at Complex because I wanted to see when we like first crossed paths. And it was in October of 2019 when you just launched the lookbook for uh, Fall Winter 19. And for me, that was like my first experience with yourself and with the brand. Like it was the first time I'd heard of what you were doing and like saw what you were putting out, which was like super, super cool. Straight away, I was pretty captivated by the brand. I think the inspirations for that collection was like for the sky. Yeah. And I wanted to dig back a little deeper and see how the brand started and like the original inspirations for pacifism and what were the building blocks for those of us that weren't there before that period. Yeah. So that feels like a long time ago when that started off <laughs> and I reached out to you and I really wanted to be on complex, but honestly the whole thing probably started when I, if I had to trace it back to a specific moment, it's when I went to Tokyo with my father when I was around 13. I just fell in love with everything on the design front there. Just the, the whole taste level was just on a different, complete different level. And I left there completely inspired. I like developed a sense of style. I started designing t-shirts at school. And then I eventually I wanted to go to design school. But like from the background that I'm in, the Arab background, the arts is not something that's kind of, it's not something that's encouraged. Yeah. You know, you got to like follow this path of like working at this paid job nine to five, and then you kind of progress and you make your way up. So I ended up going to business school, which is good. Like I look back at it now and, and the, having that degree under my belt with running pacifism is great. It helped me a lot. It started there. And then I moved to New York for, for an internship, which was in banking. And then I hated it. I wow. hated, I hated every second, <laughs> every second of my 6am wake up. I hated it. So I didn't last long. I quit and I looked for a job in fashion in New York, which was hard at the time because in a city like New York, there's, there's just so much competition. Everyone wants to be in fashion. Everyone wants to be an artist. Yeah, for sure. So it was difficult, but I managed to secure one, which was an internship at a showroom. And then when that ended, I came back to London, managed to get a job at a brand worked there for a year and a half i was in wholesale but i always wanted to be in design but it was impossible to get anywhere near the design team so um i kind of started to grow frustrated because all i do is think like while i was in the office just be like i really just want to design i want to pitch in i want to have some kind of say which Mm -hmm. is hard to do when you don't go to school for design to get into that discipline because they only want to hire people that have done things at St. st martin's or london college of fashion or that kind of stuff so it was hard for me to get those jobs that I wanted. So that frustration grew to me starting just being like, you know what, I'm just going to do this brand, at least a little capsule collection. 
see how it goes, try and get my vision out there. And I started Passivism two years ago, and that's where it kind of all started. Nice. I didn't realize that you were like so well traveled in terms of like the places you'd lived. And I think you saying that that trip to Tokyo really inspired you. I think yeah. that's something you can see in some of the design, especially like, you know, the velour tracksuits definitely. Exactly. You, you see the sort of blending of worlds there. And I think that's something super interesting. And do you think there's anything else within like the, the DNA of the brand itself and some of the designs that you can pinpoint like the places you've been and be like, this really inspired this. And I took this from here and, for sure. For me, like that's the most important thing is to tell a story with every collection, like for it to have an inspiration and story behind it. You know, I, w- I was always like really bad at writing essays for school or writing out stories. So like this is a chance for me to kind of portray a story through through my body of work. But yeah, it's based on travel. I mean, that collection that you wrote about, the starry eyed one, I went on a trip to Finland from London and I got to see the kind of Aurora Borealis, you know, the, the Northern Lights. And like that image was actually a picture that we took on the trip that I printed on my trucker jacket and trucker pants. So Super nice. That was cool. Yeah, it was really, really nice. The color palette in that collection was, was, was yeah. stunning. It was really, really nice. Yeah, it was all based on that Aurora kind of moment. It was amazing. And like where it took you back and, and, and all those feelings. Really, really nice. I think as well... So that was the first time that I had been exposed to the brand. And the second time was for your presentation for almost to 20. And that was, I think, in January of, of last year. So then obviously COVID really like hit super fast Crazy year came. in, you yeah, know, in, in March. Hit the fan real quick. 100%. Like it, it came out of nowhere. So what, what was that like? I mean, that was definitely one of the best moments in my life like i just had this vision of like what what i wanted to do and i just managed to execute it from the set design to the aesthetic of the clothing to the sound design it's just i always waited for that moment to do something during london fashion week and i managed to do mm-hmm. it which was amazing the reception was amazing the buzz i got after the show was amazing and then i went to paris afterwards for my first market and everything was going well the stores were loving the story they were loving the aesthetic of the brand and i was thinking man this is the start like this is how it's gonna start and then i actually went to dubai where i am now i went to dubai in march and i was uh, shooting my next campaign with this guy shab moha who's become a really close friend of mine shout out shab moha really really talented photographer and then i was like on top of the world i was feeling so good then i came back and it was literally just shit hit the fan <laughs> the mill the mills started closing the production facilities started closing oh, um i started to get emails from all the stores that i had like caught up with they're like sorry we're not taking any risks on new brands all these potential orders that i thought i'd had because mm. the reception was so good when i was in paris so i ended up getting super excited and i had bought all the fabric i had bought all the trims like i was like i want to get on top of this i want to make sure it's it's done perfectly because this is my first pathway to stores but then it just all my orders got cancelled i had no footprint in any stores after that so I, after that i actually i just took time off from the brand i was like maybe this isn't meant to be after all the like blood sweat and tears i did to put for that show yeah for sure which wasn't just time and steers it was like a lot of money that i had saved up as well so then i just took time off and then came back to it around august and 
was like, I need to release this whole thing because it's, you know, I didn't want this body of work that I spent so much time doing for it to not come out. So I just dusted myself off and released the collection later than usual, later than I wanted to. But the reception's been amazing about it. So I'm happy I had that to come back to because now I just want to push on and look behind. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad that we got it because I think everybody was was really anticipating it after we saw it at London Fashion yeah. Week because it was yeah. definitely a big moment. After that period where everything did just go crazy and then you obviously feeling quite deflated by it all, yeah. how do you go through that time off and then, you know, find that spark to come back to Look it? Look back at it? Yeah. I just realized that I was, I had this constant, I put this pressure on myself and I realized that that pressure that's put on young designers in London or in New York or in Paris, that they have to follow the so-called calendar. They have to be in fashion week. They have to do these collections that are going to exhaust their ideas, their mental state. I realized that was just a great lesson for me to learn early on. So I told myself, look, you had this lesson, you had this reality check. So just work on what you want to do, what you want to do best for the brand and portray, you know, the story of the brand. So it allowed me at least the only like bittersweet thing about it is that it allowed me to learn and learn those mistakes about things that I maybe would have learned two, three years down the line when something, something like this might've happened and I'd have a lot more to lose yeah. than I did now. Yeah. I think that's something that um, we can all sort of reflect on in quite a broad sense that we've had this rare, unique opportunity to really learn in an environment that's so, you know, just, you just couldn't imagine it. You, you never thought this yeah. would happen and it's really had to force people like through a tunnel. And I think we've seen, I mean, especially last year when, when things were really happening, a lot of people were having this shift in perception in the fashion industry of how things are going to change going forward, the way that we do fashion week, the way that collections are released and Obviously, you have just touched on that, but is there anything else come from that period in terms of how you actually look at the brand and look at yourself as a designer and how you're going to release product and why you release product? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going forward. I want to focus more on kind of just doing drops, still having stories, still putting out collections. It just doesn't mean that it's all done six months in advance or it's all based on some event or some time where I need to drop this. No, I've... I feel like if I have a story for a collection and I want to drop it in the months, you know, if I want to drop winter coats in winter and, and linen shorts in summer, I want to do it. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's the way I want to do things now going forward. Cause I don't want to be like held back with that whole pressure anymore. And if it means not being in stores, so be it. I, I want to work to a point where I'd like to do like special capsule collections with stores and that kind of stuff, more specialized things. Cause people are becoming, you know, they want to be more aware of what they're buying and they want to buy something special, something unique, not just a regurgitation of stuff that's done six months ago and brought back. And no, of course. So my next drop is called ephemera, which is a word for something that was perceived old and not useful anymore and brought back. So that campaign that I shot in March, mm -hmm. I'm kind of bringing back. And I want to release it because then again, I don't want another body of work to just be deemed old because it was done last year. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. I just, it's at the end of the day product that you put all your time and your heart and, and, and everything into. Of course, it's like a rebirth of, of sorts. Yeah. 
And I think the way that you've just described it as well sounds like you're able to present a much more authentic representation like of your own mind and what's coming to you at a, a significant point instead of having to push yourself so far ahead and think about things that aren't naturally coming to For you. Sure. So that must be, you know, quite a special thing as a designer to be able to now do that and have that frame of mind. Yeah, exactly. It makes a whole lot of difference when you're actually designing for something that you want to do, not for what they might want in six months or what the buyers might want. I'm glad that I got to learn about that early on. In that sense, do you think there's been like a, a shift in power that now, you know, designers and consumers are, are now tipping the scale a little bit instead of being dictated by stores and... I think so. I think so because it's it's a really good thing. I think so because it's not just the up and coming brands like me that are going to scrap doing collections because it's a not feasible and the pressure and the time. But you're seeing the big fashion houses start to do it because they know that that's where things are going, and that's how it should be. It should be that way. Absolutely. I like the title for the collection. is is really nice as well, and I think it it's a nice parallel to the way that. The market seems to be going at the moment where there's like a really big surge for, for vintage right now and people yeah. like buying secondhand. So I think that's, it's a really nice parallel in that sense that now people can take something that was, you know, created in a, a different time, but it still be authentic to the now and can be presented yeah. in that way. I mean, it's in a sense, it's a, in a way sustainable because if someone had released a collection that was deemed old and like people have seen that blah 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 and then just all that fabric would sit there all that you know everything would just be left behind and this constant need to do something new and something people haven't seen i hear that i hear that it would be nice to know how it was for you to actually release the collection during lockdown and how that you know affected things and what the reception has been like in that sense, because obviously it's a very different way of having to do things and the way that people are yeah. spending is, is different at the moment also. Yeah. It was initially really hard because I, for this collection specifically, I, I made a really big collection because of the presentation. So I first had to decide which, because I obviously had to trim down the whole collection. Mm. I had to decide what I was going to make, what people were buying currently all that kind of stuff. I released it late for an autumn winter collection. I released it in, at the end of December. And I was worried. I was worried how people were going to perceive it, if it was going to be popular. But thankfully, everything went well. You know, people were very positive about it. The sales have been good. And uh, yeah, I can't complain. There's been a bunch of pulls by some by some artists wearing some of the stuff too. So that's always nice. So I can't complain. Amazing. That's really good. That's really, really good. I'm glad to see that it hasn't, you know, completely kicked the brand back down the steps because, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a young, fledging brand. So, you know, we always want to see that growth no matter the circumstances. For sure, for sure. I think something that's on everyone's minds at the moment and has been for the past few years is Brexit. And yeah. I've seen, I don't know if you've seen this uh, open letter that Fashion Roundtable have uh, put together to the government about, you know, a lot of the effects it's having on the fashion industry. And mm. I wanted to see if, you know, there's there's anything that's really caused any issues for yourself, you know, in terms of import fees and all that. For crazy. sure. I mean, I, I ran out of labels recently <laughs> and uh, I get my labels done in Turkey. So I made a reorder for labels for the next drop. and. I get I got slapped with this customs charge for like 150 pounds. 
And like, you know, labels don't cost that much, which was crazy to me. And then I was on the phone with them and they were like, these are new Brexit rules. And I just found that crazy. I just found the fact that like those things are being imposed on small businesses right now is just, it's going to be hell, really. Has it made you um, like change strategy at all? Is there anything you've had to put more thought into and consider when you're releasing product? Yeah, for sure. It, it has with everything to do from like buying mills, from getting things sourced from the outside. I mean, most of my stuff is made in London, so I'm, I'm happy with that. But, you know, all the, the stuff from Japan, anything from Europe, it's just going to be it's just going to be hard going forward. And it's going to obviously change a set designer's approach to whatever they want to create going forward. So there's definitely additional pressures are coming in. Yeah. What sort of effect does that have like on a small business though, in terms of how you finance everything and maybe even the way things are costed to the consumer? Like, is, does it have that like drip down effect? It does. It does. Cause let's say I want to make, I mean, the jackets I made for, for last season, the trims are all from Japan. So it's all Shindo stuff. Getting that again now, I'm just, it's just going to have these added costs. And then obviously the cost of the garment will be much higher. And then, the customer's perception would be like, why is his cost going up? Hmm. You know, they won't go look at it and be like, oh, it's Brexit. Let me pay another 20 pounds for, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. for this jacket. You know, they're not going to think about it that way. So it's definitely going to have some knock-on effects. Does that worry you at all in terms of the brand's growth? For sure, for sure. Especially for an up-and-coming brand. You know, you've got to take everything into consideration. It looks like you're still on like a, a strong path forward though, and like it's not really knocking you too much because I've seen the the previews of some of the the new products, yeah. the shorts and stuff, and it'd be nice to know a bit more about that. If, if there's anything you can tell me about the about the upcoming yeah, no, collection, I, I mean for sure, I'm I'm good doing that drop, like I said, ephemera with like some added styles to it, so that it's going to be cool. And I've got a couple of collabs on the way, which I can't say with who yet, but they're exciting. <laughs> Nice. So I'm just looking to work more with, you know, brands that are like me, up and coming brands, just to kind of help each other through this time and, and, and put our visions together. That's really important for me. But, you know, being out here as a Middle Eastern designer has made a massive difference to the way that I, it's really lifted me up. Is that giving you like a, an extra layer of confidence? It sounds as if you're, you're really building a community from the brand now, like not just a consumer base, but you know yeah. a global community that's got like a, a joint vision on things 100 percent. at london i thought like sometimes you kind of feel alone as a creative you just feel like there's so many people out there doing what you're trying to do or coming for your head Absolutely. but it's different out here everyone's in kind of they're all familial like they all want to work together they all want to help each other out and i love that i love that about being out here so yeah i'm definitely just taking all that in and embracing it do you think that there's there's anything the London creative community and like the industry as a whole over here can can learn? I mean, obviously the way that people approach collaboration and stuff, but is there more that we could look at and take from it? For sure. Like I'll put it into a specific example. So let's say in London, I, they wrote about pacifism and rounded up six upcoming designers to look out for in London, for example. They've written a piece about me like that before. They wrote that a similar piece about me while I've been here with Arab News. And I just got messages from all the other designers on that same piece with me being like, yo, let's link, let's, let's work. You that's know, they great. want to put that work in here. And that's, that's so sick to see. That's, that's really, the really kind great. of difference that I'm trying to feel. 
it sounds like everyone's a lot more willing to take a step forward. The fact that people are approaching you just off of that is amazing to see. And I think it's something that's, that's quite rare in the industry as a whole, because obviously we see like this old guard in the fashion industry that's, you know, people don't really want to give unless there's a really, really big gain to be made exactly. from that. Exactly. Unless they need something in return. They mm. feel like they're going to need something in return for you to work together. For but sure. I haven't seen that here. And, 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 and honestly, that doesn't exist out here. It's just, I, and I appreciate it so much. Do you feel like, you know, through the work, people like yourself and the brands that you're working with out there, that that's something when you're back in London and, you know, things start returning to normal, that that's something we're going to have to bring forward and like channel a new energy? Yeah, for sure. And that's been my new motive is to kind of push that energy that that's here and try and like transmit it to my work in London going forward. That would be great to see. It'd be really great to see. Yeah. I think there's, there's so much product that's just like waiting in the back of people's minds that they're like afraid to put forward for those reasons. Like they feel as if yeah. it might just get sniped down or people aren't really going to be feeling it in the way that they should. And I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a bit of a shift going on right now i think especially on like a consumer level with like a younger audience coming in that people are now becoming wise to this and they're seeing like you know there's enough money for everyone to get paid and there's enough money for people to spend so why don't we create the things that we really enjoy creating and things that exactly. people are going to connect with like there's no reason to take a step back from that yeah yeah for sure so I think one of the something something I'd also like to know. Obviously, we've we've talked about the collection that's coming, but like I said, still a very young brand. So, what are you thinking for pacifism two, three, five years down the line? Like, what's the really long term vision for you guys? I'm trying to build this aesthetic of the brand that's the perfect blend between soft tailoring and streetwear. So to have those streetwear elements that people just gravitate towards but having that spin being in london having that savile row kind of feel to it but on a very lower on a much lower level and that's what i'm trying to i just want to solidify that brand image and have that coupled with obviously the storytelling of the collections that's beautiful i think we see it already in the products because i mean like i said when i was looking back at when we first spoke i was looking at the products in that collection and then looking at what you've just dropped recently. And then obviously, like I said, I've seen the, the previews of the stuff that's to come. And yeah. you, you're seeing like a, a line through everything that's holding everything together. And you, you're seeing these products develop with every drop that comes. Are there any products like, like the ones I'm talking about? I'm talking about, you know, some of like the velour pieces and things that are going to remain mainstays that you're really looking to refine and develop and like just get perfect. Yeah. I have a special relationship with those styles that I first started doing just because they're so important to me. So like I tried to do and make the last ones with the velour and add all those kind of elements to it. I do want to keep the core pieces that I started with because I kind of never want to forget where I started and I want to keep it, keep it going in the same direction. I love that. I love that, man. So just for us to, you know, round up our conversation. We've got these three quick fire questions that we ask all of our guests that is going to tell us a little bit more about the future of the brand and, you know, just about your plans. So the first one is one dream collaboration and why? Nike. 
in any shoot that I do, in any any campaign that I do, it's always Nike Creps on the end of the model's body. It's always, always um, London Energy. You know, it's always uh, exactly London <laughs> Energy. Um, I always start my fits shoes up, and they're most always commonly Nike. I'd love to see what a pacifism Nike looks like for sure. The second one is who knows <laughs> is uh, one piece of advice that you'd give to either your younger self when you were developing the brand or a designer, someone that has aspirations in the design world. It's going to sound cliche, but when those road bumps come your way, just don't give up. Like the one I mentioned earlier that I had, it was really easy to just drop everything I was doing and try and get another job that was more stable and less risky. So I'd say when those road bumps come along, just try and break them down and look past them. Perfect. Amazing. The final one, this is about yourself. Just one goal that you have set for yourself or this can, you know, be for the brand also. Sustainability, 100%. I don't do enough and I definitely want to do more because it is something that's really important to me to change the dynamic of the brand for it to be more sustainable. Perfect. That's a good goal to have. Thinking about the world when you create products is uh, an important mission. For sure. It's so important. And it's not just like an image thing. It's something that's genuinely really important. 100%. Well, bro, I think we've covered everything that I really wanted to know cool, about the man. brand. Really and, you know, we, we dug into everything there. So I appreciate your time. I really appreciate you, man. You, you're doing some good work for all the young upcoming designers out there. Oh, thank you, man. You can book from over 400 models and visit our blog backstage online at contact.xyz. To stay up to date with everything happening at Contact, follow us on Instagram at contact.xyz and contact.models, on TikTok at contact.xyz and Twitter at contact underscore xyz.